Hi, I'm here with Tim Martin of Martin Architecture, founded in Carlsbad in 2004 with over 25 years of experience designing and managing custom home projects in the San Diego area. He is committed to providing the highest standard of care in his designs, the execution of his projects, and his relationship with clients. Tim received his degree in architecture from the University of Cincinnati in 1976. He began his career in northern Indiana designing schools and commercial office buildings, then joined a large design build firm in St. Louis where he designed financial institutions across the country. He relocated his family to the San Diego area in 1985 where he began his practice of residential architecture. Tim is a registered architect in California and Indiana. Hi, Tim. How are you, Michelle? <laughs> Um, so it's great that you went to school in Cincinnati, which I also knew from sitting on the um, on the tour bus with you for the home yeah. tour. And so it's great that we'll we'll kind of talk about that, but we'll also talk about um, the questions that I took. So, um, what are your first recollections of experiencing architecture? I thought about that a bit because uh, when you when you pose that question. Young people, when they consider going into architecture, don't have the faintest idea what architecture is all about. And when I think of where my journey started, I think I was a sophomore in high school. I took a drafting class. Mm -hmm. How yeah. that had anything to do with architecture, I don't really know. Uh, yeah, got, I did that too. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> got me to the point where I uh, I uh, applied to architecture school and I made a commitment that that's what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I kind of learned along the way what that was about. So uh, those are probably my first recollections. Uh, I remember being in Cincinnati. There's a little, there's a little uh, mecca, Columbus, Indiana, not far from Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which many people know is uh, there's an there's a enormous collection of modern architecture there uh, just because of a, the coming, I think it's the Cummings Foundation mm -hmm. that, uh, that has... Uh, influenced well-known architects from all over the world yeah. uh, during work in that community. And I used to take field trips up there, day trips mm -hmm. from Cincinnati. And that's probably how I began to experience architecture is not looking at architecture and books, but actually being at, being there and experiencing a building firsthand and yes. a community. And a, mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's probably the, the origins. Yeah. 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 Um, what are three classic buildings that you like and why? And, you know, like what I tell everybody, I say three because it's difficult for architects to really limit themselves to one. If you ask them one, they typically will say, well, this and this. Uh, number one on my list is Falling Water. And okay. that, that was, that jumped right out at me. Mm -hmm. And it, it is a building that I've been to, I've experienced mm -hmm. it, uh, I've, I've studied it. Uh, so it always comes back to me, and part of that is my passion for residential architecture, which is now going on, it's better than 30 years. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and it's, it is still one of the finest examples of a home architecture I've ever ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just timeless. Uh, it is, the scale of the buildings is, is wonderful. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, it was so innovative, yeah. and it still feels that way. So that's number one. Number two, I've never experienced, and not sure if I ever will, but uh, Sydney Opera House has always been something that jumped out at me as a, as iconic architecture, mm -hmm. something that is uh, just awe-inspiring. Yeah. 
don't know why, because I've never really studied the building much or seen it, but I've always thought, boy, there's one I'd love to see. Uh, to go beyond that, there's probably a hundred that I can say. <laughs> there's, uh, and, I've, and, and some of it is, uh, you think about uh, famous architecture across the globe and and I've been to a few and I've been to Europe a few times and yeah. the, the cathedrals are so inspiring yes Notre Dame uh, uh, St. Peter's uh, the the uh, Florence uh, Cathedral yes uh, Duomo. the Duomo which was very fascinating to climb up within and <laughs> and begin to understand that building uh, and I always love the Pisa Cathedral mm -hmm. Not so much the exterior and the leaning tower, which is uh, what most people remember it by, but I, it was just one that just struck me on the interior, mm -hmm. the, the striped marble. and So those are my examples. I guess mm -hmm. number three would be cathedrals. Cathedrals, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. That's one of the things that when we went to... Um, architecture school in Denmark that that was like one of the um, jokes we also had to take a foreign language class you know to learn Danish and that was like one of the things like what do architecture students do you know and one was they was there in their studio all the time you know all night long and that when they go on their study tours they go to all the churches like that was like <laughs> they go right. and see every single church uh -huh. in Europe <laughs> um so what do you like about being an architect? Well, as the years have passed, I probably can more easily compile a list of what I don't like about it anymore, uh -huh. which is really unfortunate. But I, I love the creative process. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the fact that I changed my career uh, when I moved to California and, went and began pursuing residential architecture exclusively because to work for a client like that is so much different than working for a, a board of directors or a school board or a, uh, so I, I love the interaction mm -hmm. I love the scale of the buildings that I work on because I can I can engross myself in them and you can see and solve the entire project yes in a bit shorter yes. period of time and it, yeah. it becomes much less repetitive and everything every square inch of the building is very unique and uniquely designed mm -hmm. uh, so I, I do like that component of it I love to draw mm -hmm. have always loved to draw and to sketch and one of the things that uh, I'll probably never retire because one of the most therapeutic things that I do is just to sit and tune everything else out and draw and mm -hmm. sketch yeah. and create uh, projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what I dislike is what has happened to us bureaucratically with a with a local state coastal commission, uh, all the local uh, building departments, planning departments, and the the uh, ridiculously difficult process that has become. It's it's the part that I like the least, but the part that keeps taking more and more of my time. Yes. Yes. And I think especially when you do work on the coast, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know whether easy. people, I don't know whether they realize like how difficult uh, residential architecture really becomes when, when you're working with anything on the, mm -hmm. anything on the coast and yeah. in, in San Diego. I mean, we have a beautiful environment and, and um, we're constantly being challenged by, you know, different jurisdictions and, um, 
Yeah, and yeah. and uh, there's your share of NIMBYs out there that oh, have yes. already got what they want, and then they want to uh, have something to say about anybody else coming into the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely, yeah. I find it, even though we don't have, um, you know, like in Point Loma, that's under San Diego, and they're not really under any, you know, scenic uh, corridors or anything, but, you know, what happens and what what's happened um, with one of the projects, I, the, the neighbor will just sue mm-hmm. the other neighbor right. yeah it's just right. it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the nope. you know with the governing jurisdiction it's just the threatened to sue if you're going to build that there so you have to back off which mm-hmm. is what i mean i got the project built yeah. but you know we had to go through two of those things well neighbor. and gener- generally people are afraid of what they're going to lose which that usually translates into pu- their own view their own mm-hmm. private view yes which is not protected so yes. if their th- private view is threatened they'll look for any other excuse mm-hmm. to oppose a project yeah and whether it's claiming it's historic uh or environmental issues or it's uh su- very subjective judgments about whether or not it's uh uh in keeping with a, with a neighborhood or the community or if it's out of scale with the neighborhood yes so they'll always look for ways to yeah. combat that. Yeah. 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 So, um, what would you like to say about the future of architecture? Well, maybe it's California that's driving this, but it's, uh, the, again, the bureaucratic process is, uh, I think it's very unfortunate and I don't see it reversing. I think it's only going to get worse and worse. It's going to be more and more difficult for architects to be able to confidently tell their clients what they can or can't have uh, because the rules are changing. The goal, they keep moving the goalposts, mm-hmm. uh, even in the midst of a project being designed that uh, you, you think you know the rules in the beginning, you've, you, uh, based on experience and based on research, and then as you go through the process, you find how people are changing the rules on you. And uh, it makes you look unprofessional with your clients if you can't predict all of this, but it's still... So, so I don't don't like that portion of it. Another thing, uh, maybe I'm still a bit of a d- dinosaur because I do love to draw, mm-hmm. and I think it's quite unfortunate that new, uh, recently educated architects don't know how to draw anymore. That it's never taught in schools anymore, or rarely. Yeah. And uh, and we're I think we're losing our craft. And I don't like the computer as a design tool. It's a very helpful tool for many things, but not not to me as a design tool. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were Frank Geary or something, I'd probably say otherwise. Like, you probably couldn't do the work without the computer. But uh, but honestly, I uh, I think we're losing our craft and our, uh, uh, our, our touch with, uh, with, our, with architecture and the profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also see that there are fewer and fewer people who graduate from school that are actively pursuing their registration. It seems like there are far fewer registered architects now than than there were before. Yeah, and I've, I I did a blog with this, you know, about because one of the um, the hashtag Architects blog post was you know about the ARE, and I've mm-hmm. kind of said you know well. You know, it seemed like there were more people that were getting licensed when it was only given once a year as opposed to now when you can go into any testing place and take it, you know, whenever you want. And and it doesn't seem like a lot of people are, are taking advantage of that. And I said, you know, maybe it's almost the way that um, 
you know, I kind of talk about how we used to, you know, we used to take the architecture exam in that huge building, like on the Pomona Fairgrounds, yeah. where there were just a ton of people there. And you kind, you know, you kind of said, "Oh, are you going to take the exam?" And it was kind of pushed at Cal Poly, you know, at the Cal Poly's, both the Cal Poly, that yeah. you know, you're kind of pushed, like, "Oh, you know, you go and you know, you get licensed after that, like that's that's what you're going to go and do." Mm-hmm. You know, you can't call yourself an architect in the state of California unless you are licensed. So right. why would you go all that way? And you know, and obviously there's some people that have, you know, some difficulty taking it, and there are, you know, ways. I mean, there there are disability, you know. Um, uh, advantages that you know that you can take advantage of those disabilities um, as far as being able to go and take the the test um, you know so I don't want that to hold up a lot of people you know and especially now that it's uh, but um, I I um, I think that the trend is going more towards getting licensed again. I think that there's more people that are getting licensed, but um, I, I hope that's the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I've heard. You know, I don't have people that are working for me. I, you know, I see the students, you know, in the school, and um, you know, I think that that's, uh, you know, I think that that's promising. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're a dinosaur. I guess I would be that. I still <coughs> hand draft everything, so everybody is kind of always, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, why you really like hand draft? And I said, oh yeah. I said, I mean, at this at this point, you know, I think that I would have to get somebody. You know, I'd have to hire somebody. To that's I mean, that's what I've done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, I learned you know AutoCAD version mm-hmm. one or whatever it was. Yeah. Nineteen eighty. Five, eighty, yeah, okay. eighty-five, eighty-six, or something. Yeah, which that was, you know, that's anybody, you know, you want to go back to that, you know, that was <laughs> that was quite a way to do it. Uh, so, is there anything else that you want to talk about? That was one. Of, wasn't one of your questions. No, 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 no. It's just talking. You know, it's like uh, if it, whatever, whatever. Would you want to talk about anything that you really enjoyed about? Um, you know, crayon the crayon. Yeah, I will. Because okay. uh, again, as a residential architecture practitioner, uh, I had gotten, I'd found AIA conventions fairly tiresome that mm-hmm. they were weren't terribly relevant to my practice. Mm-hmm. And about five years ago, I discovered CRAN, and I, I had missed a convention in Chicago because of another obligation, and mm-hmm. I found CRAN, and I went to the symposium in Charleston, mm-hmm. which was a life changer for me. It mm-hmm. was uh, uh, just a terrific experience, three or four days immersed in, that, in, a, in, in residential architecture, mm-hmm. that it was totally relevant, and I talked to, heard from, and and toured homes by a lot of very good architects. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, so I haven't missed one since, other than the, the symposium that got rained out oh, in, yeah, uh, in Miami, in Miami yeah. a couple of years back. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's one of the high points of my year. I get so much out of it, particularly the home tours, mm-hmm. that, you, that uh, you, get, you get so much out of seeing how a, 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 a good experienced passionate residential architect and, and the execution of his work when you get to see that work is uh is special yeah and it helps me with my career with my thought process my ideas yes. 
<clears throat> so I'll I'll keep going. I'm a regular uh, I'm a regular attendee now. I'm, I'm one of the first ones to register whenever it comes up. And, yeah. And uh, that's uh, that's that. Another thing I will mention, I guess, is you you mentioned famous buildings, or particular favorite buildings. Classic. 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 Classic yes. buildings. Yes. Yeah. I started thinking about that, and and actually I started thinking about architects. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's easier for me to rattle off a list of names of classic residential architects that, mm-hmm. uh, or architects that, that I admire. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and I think you, you get a hold of an old set of drawings that was done by someone like uh, Irving Gill or Thomas Shepard. Yeah. And you see what they did and the few pieces of paper it took them to document all it was needed for someone to build a home like this. And then you look at the drawings that we produce now, which are five times the volume, and it's all watered down and diluted and a lot of technical information and a lot of useless notes. Yes, that nobody a lot reads. of notes. <laughs> uh, notes. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I, uh, I'm an admirer of a lot of classic architects. Mm-hmm. I've worked on Edgar Ulrich buildings. I've worked on an uh, Irving Gill building. Many Tom Shepard buildings, uh, Richard Requa, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and uh, I've also uh, found some people. You, I, you've always been an admirer of Robert Stern. Mm-hmm. He has a terrific practice. He has uh, a terrific volume of work, and I've studied his work for for decades. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of his work, uh, starting in Charleston. I was able to see a couple of his buildings in Charleston. And I actually, okay. I actually met him there and a couple of the principals that were, that were with his firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> again, very inspiring work. So Robert Stern is one of my current, still practicing favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also uh, <clears throat> admired Howard Bakken's work mm-hmm. uh, out of uh, uh, the Napa Valley. Okay, and uh, he's kind of created, I believe. A very unique uh, style of architecture up there. I, I call it, I guess, Napa farmhouse. Okay. But it's a it's a contemporized uh, farmhouse uh, style that is very fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've uh, studied some of that. Uh, I've always liked uh, Jim Olson out mm-hmm. of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tom Kundig. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That's another thing that I think about is I, I kind of grasp onto different architects. I buy a couple of their books and I study their work and I look at their buildings whenever I can. And mm-hmm. it helps me to become a better architect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I think definitely um, going to experience that. I mean, <laughs> because you can, I think my classic thing of, of um of architecture history and seeing St. Peter's in a book mm-hmm. and like looking at the plan and just not understanding the scale of, of, of that building yes. until, until yes. you actually get into it and you're like, Oh, why, why was the scale never, you know, drawn in the book or something? You just, yeah. you just don't understand the scale of it. You no, know, you those, don't. Until you're actually there, there. Oh my gosh, this is That's giant. That's like any cathedral. Yeah, the, yeah, it's just the giant. scale is uh, is grand. Yes, yes, very overwhelming. And, uh, and, you know. 
I with an intentional uh, <laughs> that being very intentional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I happen to be in uh, the Central Coast over the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. holiday recently, and I took a nighttime tour of San Simeon. Yes. <clears throat> and that yeah. was, I, I'd been there before, I'd mm-hmm. seen it before, and I've studied Julia Morgan's work before. Yeah. Uh, but it was, a, it was quite a treat to see it at night. Uh, yeah. Very, very different experience, uh, but there's another building when you talk about the grand scale. Oh yeah, uh, not yeah. as grand as the cathedrals in Europe, but it's, yes, uh, but still, nevertheless, for a house, yeah, that is quite, uh, quite significant. Yes, yes, yeah. I've, I've been there several times. <clears throat> um, I've never taken the night tour, but um, but you know, just just some of those. I mean, the pools. You know, that pool that's um, the one that has all of the blue mosaic top. Which one is that oh. one? That's not the mer- the mermaid pools are outside, but the, the one that's under Neptune pools outside. They yes, call it, uh, I know the one with the mosaic tile yes. inside. Yes, and the diving board that <clears throat> is just looks kind of um... the platform. Yeah, the yes. Platform uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Where that that's just you know I mean and. Um, it's good. It's actually good to know. Talking about education, is that um, the California state uh, requirements for um, primary education are they have a whole um, part that now they're supposed to learn about architecture, and one of the architects that they're supposed to learn about is Julia Morgan, which mm-hmm. I think is is wonderful mm-hmm. for kids to be exposed at that young of an age. Not only that. You know, that it's an architect that's in California, you know, that did all of these great buildings, you know, but also that it's a woman architect, Mm -hmm. which I think is very, you know, I mean, I think that, I mean, she won the gold award, right? But like, what, a hundred years after she passed away. (laughs) So, so, but yes, um, you know, uh, San Simeon and uh, Asilomar, I love, yeah, I love Asilomar. I think that that's the, and that it's a state park and that you can go and stay there right in a you know beautiful area right mm-hmm. you know you you stay you look at the hotel across the way and you know those hotels are like five hundred dollars a night and you can stay at San Simeon or you can stay at Asilomar right there on the beach for like a hundred bucks yeah <laughs> yep yeah not quite it's, the frills necessarily yeah. but yeah. it is wonderful environment again, yes so. it is yeah yeah, yeah. and the scale <clears throat> is just you know mm-hmm. so great and and you know sustainable even right mm-hmm. before sustainability was in so I mean right. they could have had whatever they wanted. You know, mm-hmm. but they still they still manage to make a great project that's yep. you know sustainable not only in materials and things but but in um in uh just the longevity and um, the materials that were used so okay well we can um wrap it up and uh one of the reasons why I decided to go on the cran to the to the cran symposium besides the fact that it was also paid for me as the chair <laughs> San Diego was was your you know was you just talking about how it was just great a great you know symposium to go to so I was really glad that I went there and um you know it was glad you got to see it yes we need yes. to talk some more of our local uh uh architects into going yes and participating yes, definitely definitely okay thank you Tim you're welcome thank you Michelle